Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. music enthusiasts and casual podcast listeners, welcome back to another captivating episode of This Song Is Yours. I'm Simon Fink, your musical tour guide and podcast host, and today we're thrilled to welcome back an old favourite to This Song Is Yours, it is Middle Kids. Today we've got Hannah Joy, the powerhouse frontwoman of this Australian indie rock sensation, here on the pod to share all about their latest masterpiece, Faith Crisis Part 1. It's another gem from this award-winning band which delves into the depths of purpose, meaning and identity in the aftermath of personal crises. Now in today's episode, which for full disclosure Hannah and I recorded late last year, we catch up to dive into the heart of their new record and explore how motherhood has influenced Hannah's songwriting. We're also chatting about the collaboration with producer extraordinaire Jonathan Gilmore, who is known for his work with bands like the 1975 and Be A Badoobie. We'll also be chatting with Hannah about the exciting feature of Dave Le Pepe from Gang of Youth on the record and uncovering how that collaboration unfolded. Of course, as always, we'll be looking into when you can catch Middle Kids on the road again. We'll let Hannah divulge any news on that. We won't give you anything right now. Before we do jump into this musical adventure, however, please don't forget to subscribe to This Song Is Yours on your favourite podcast platform. Also, make sure to follow us across social media for all the latest updates and episodes. As always, the details are in today's show notes. So let's get into our conversation with Hannah Joy from Middle Kids. to This Song Is Yours, Hannah Joy from Middle Kids. Hannah, hello. How are you going? Hey, good. Thank you. Good to be here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for your time and coming to have a chat with us. It's very much appreciated. No worries. Love to chat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that that's the case because there is a lot to chat about. There is a, um, <laughs> there's a brand new Middle Kids record coming out this week. It is Faith Crisis Part 1. Firstly, congratulations on this brilliant record. Thank you. We're very stoked. As you should be. It is, um, <laughs> it is continuing in the, the kind of tradition of Middle Kids always, and I'm not simply just saying this to, you know, um, compliment you while you're here. Like I feel like Middle Kids continually puts out incredible records. We, um, what was it? Lost Friends won the J Award uh, tomorrow, uh, sorry, today with the greatest won um, the ARIA Award. So mm-hmm. I, I, things come in threes and I think that. Yeah, what do you think this is going to be? You exactly, know? exactly. <laughs> what, are, what are we manifesting for this record? <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know. What's I don't know. In the realm of possibility, it's hard to know, really. <laughs> 
how are you with the the release of a new record and with new music coming out? Do, do yourself and the guys still get nerves or what are the thoughts when, when there is a new record coming out? I think that um, it's it's I find it really all of us we kind of disconnect from it in some ways and then and then you have these moments of connection and you're like oh my gosh and I feel like even as the singles were coming out I'm not really thinking about it and then the day after I'm finding myself having some sort of post vulnerability hangover just going oh why do I feel so exposed <laughs> so I think like generally yeah you know it's like hard to connect to and then after the fact it's like oh yeah um but you know it's I guess it's equal parts gratifying in terms of you know putting the thing out that you've been working for a long time on um and you know, I I don't I wouldn't say that I really get nervous, um, but I think it's probably just because I don't really even let myself go there. You know, like because mm-hmm. you never know how anything's going to land, and it's really hard to know what you've. Well, at this point, I find it so hard to evaluate what I and what we have made. So, all you can really do is just put it out there and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I can very much kind of appreciate that that train of thought. I think that there is something to be, if you're dwelling on it for too long, it kind of ends up, I feel like, affecting the, the oh, I don't want to say the product, but what you end up putting out, I guess. Yeah, and in many ways it's, it's a discipline that I think is important as an artist when, you know, you really want to be making sure that you're putting something out there um, that you're trying to like give something, not take something. And I think that often when you're like, and you know, and it's a, it's again, it's a discipline. Like if you're really focusing on what, um, the feedback coming back is, it's hard to then actually feel the freedom to be like, to make things freely and to give them freely, um, for better or for worse, you know? Yeah, 100%. With um, with this brand new record, as I mentioned, the title is Faith Crisis Part 1. It does appear off the kind of get-go, even with the title, that you are, I guess, that these songs might be about a rethinking of not necessarily faith, but I guess um, beliefs or values. And I think having a listen to some of these songs, we were very lucky enough to have a bit of a listen to the record. Is it daunting when you know the subject matter for the record is quite um I don't want to say heavy but it is kind of a questioning of you know some of those things that you believe to be true and that they at some point shift or or move yeah I think so I feel probably this is the most raw record in in terms of what I'm singing about that we've done and I think historically when I write I feel like I'm I allow myself to emote and like put emotions in but I've always felt like it has to kind of be done in a a clever way or or an interesting way musically or there's an interesting narrative and I I think that on this record there's a lot more moments of just being like it's not that clever it's just a lot of emotion um not all the points um but I think there's a real vulnerability in this record for sure um but you know I think I'm also the kind of writer that I don't really I don't feel like I have much choice in what I write in a lot of ways. Like, I think I'm very responsive to just, like, what's, you know, going around in my gut. And I think that um, these were the songs that kind of came out of, you know, a, a couple-year season. And um, 
I guess part of, yeah, you just got to honour that and then try and make it the best that you can. And I think that, um, yeah, like we all worked on and, and finding, you know, like a uh, the body of work, like the thread for all the songs. Um, and I think that, you know, that, you know, the grappling with belief and faith was such an obvious theme through these songs. Um, so we kind of just rolled with it. Yeah. It, um, it, look, it might be a bit of a silly and obvious question and I'm sure it's going to be one that you get quite a lot. So I will apologize at the start of it. Um, (laughs) part one in my mind makes me think that we have further parts coming. Yeah. Well, we thought it was kind of funny to do a part one because either like another part is coming in terms of more music or more crises of mm-hmm. faith. <laughs> and, and, and probably both are equally as true. Um, and so I think, and then I, but I also think, you know, in, it's, I was wanting it to be a bit hopeful of kind of being like, there's an openness, I think, about saying that it's part one. It's not like, I think we really want to also, which I think is true of the record, it's not like, oh, I've had a faith crisis and I don't believe anything anymore. Like, it's actually like, things that I believe to be true are challenged and maybe some of them have fallen away and some of them have changed, but there's still a strong sense of belief and faith, but you've, it's just responding to, you know, the experiences that I'm and we're all going through. So I think that like the part one was kind of to take the edge off a little bit, um, in a way of saying like, it's not just like, you know, it's over, like a collapse. It's actually like, this is something that, you know, we all go through. And and even in these little micro faith crises we have in terms of, you know, we believe something to be true and then we have an experience in life that challenges that and doesn't, they don't fit. And then you have to kind of, you you know, make the choice of, you, you know, like taking in this new information and then challenging those beliefs or just kind of blocking it out. And I think we have that all the time in terms of like, you know, our relationships and yeah, like everything of just kind of evolving as and growing in our stories, you know. I do love the kind of openness, I want to say, maybe that's probably the best word in terms of the title. And maybe initially I read it as like a, well, there's going to be a second record, but I do kind of love the almost the ambiguity of it's going to be interpreted, how it's going to be interpreted. Maybe it is a future faith crisis by whoever it may be. So um, thank you for indulging me with that because, again, No, it's okay. (laughs) And then I I was thinking too, you know, if people think there's another record coming, then people just think we're prolific, more prolific maybe than we are. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to know, I guess, in terms of talking about being prolific in songwriting, do you remember... um, the, the first track from this record that you kind of wrote, do you remember the turning point of whatever you wrote and was like, oh, I guess this is probably the start of, a, of the third Middle Kids record? Yes. I, I, it was actually terrible news. Um, that song kind of came out in, in this, like, torrent and I was away um, and I was really struggling to write before that song. I, I was, like, you know, kind of chipping away... Um, it was kind of coming out of COVID, which was definitely not a fruitful time for me creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, I'm the, I'm definitely like not a, a, the kind of writer that can be like, this is my job nine to five. I, I just make the time 
I wish I was, and I, I admire artists that are like this, um, but I'm very much like responding to my muse and if I'm feeling the vibe, maybe I'll sit down <laughs> if, if, if I'm lucky, you know. And so um, I think that... Yeah, I felt like once I wrote Terrible News and I showed the boys and they were like, oh, yeah, they kind of, we all felt like there was something here. And then very quickly a lot of songs just kind of, it was like kind of like the floodgates. And interestingly, like, um, you know, no, no other song is actually really like Terrible News in terms of where it sits um, intensity or emotionally. And I think... Um, but I don't know, I guess it just unlocked something. Um, I mean, but to say the the closing track, All In My Head, I actually wrote that a few years ago. Um, but I don't really, I wasn't like trying to make that for the new body of work. So I felt like Terrible News was the song that I kind of like started unlocking this record for me personally, even though I'd written All In My Head many, many years ago. I was going to, um, at a little bit of a later stage, talk about All In My Head. I was going to um, be a little bit selfish and, and ask because uh, in terms of this new record, there are some sonic pushes um, that I feel like middle kids are kind of experimenting out into. There's one or two interludes in the record, um, but All In My Head really kind of took me by surprise. And I think... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I ended up revisiting that song multiple times. I was wondering if you might hmm. be able to tell us if you, like, I know you're saying it now that it was written a while ago, if you remember, I guess, what originally inspired it or where that kind of track came from. Yeah, well, um, originally we ended up recording it as a pretty normcore middle kids track of, like, guitar-based song. We played as a full band and I've always really liked this song, but we never really felt like... In that format, it, it really fit. And, and I think it was going to, we we're going to try and put it on the last record, but it didn't feel, I don't know, I just didn't feel like it had reached its full potential as a song or something. And, and you know, sometimes you can't even really explain why. But so it just sat, you know, in a Dropbox folder somewhere for ages. And then Tim had the idea of just stripping it back. And so when we were in England making the record, um, I ended up just trying to have a go playing on the piano, just trying to make a little arrangement of it. And it was, yeah, just one of those things as I was doing it, I was like, oh, this is, this feels like it's kind of distilling the spirit of the song. Um, I think, you know, being one of such kind of like being in the head and feeling isolated and confused. And then it was really interesting because Tim, again, he was like, 
he just had this idea of wanting to see if Dave the Pepe could sing on it. And, you know, I obviously adore Dave's voice and I would, you know, jump at the opportunity for Dave to participate on anything we do. But it was funny with that song, I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know if that's a duet. Like that just feels very like singular, solitary to me. Um, But it was cool as I thought about it more. I really actually quite loved the idea of two people whether they're in relationship or side by side, and which is very common human experience of like kind of being, you know, together or experiencing something and then but feeling the isolation. And two people can be doing that at the exact same time, even though they're like together or like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it was like, I was like, oh, this actually brings a whole nother side of it out of like just how often that um, we can be with people or, you know, in in relationship and actually just feel really stuck in our heads. Um, And so Dave, he lives in London and he's like an old friend of ours too, you know, who's been very influential and very supportive of our musical journey. And um, so, yeah, Tim reached out to him and then um, he just sang on it in his studio in London. And so it was like the easiest quickest thing ever and he just I just I love what he did with it and yeah it's a really special song to us and like such a lovely way to close out the record I think I would agree with that 100% it is a stunning stunning song so anyone who's uh, currently listening to this podcast please um, once you've finished the episode go and listen to to the whole record but yeah um, All In My Head is just such a gorgeous way to to close out the record Um, to my understanding and please correct me if I'm wrong I think it's the first time that there's been a feature artist on a middle kids track it is true actually Mm. and we always talk about wanting to do it and it's often we don't end up doing it because we're like so like behind the eight ball and we're just trying to deliver things (laughs) and just like so sloppy um but yeah and so we feel like so stoked to have that obviously as our first feature um and yeah it's it's pretty fun that's awesome. Is there, um, and, and please feel free to decline this question, is there a, is there a wish list of uh, songwriters or artists that you'd love to kind of get on Middle Kids tracks? Maybe a number of records down the way. We won't have a whole duet album, but. Oh, my gosh. That is so big that it just, <laughs> you know. Well, one thing that I've always wanted to do, like, on the flip side of that, like, we would have, there would be so many artists we'd love to have feature on our music, but also, like, um I would love to do stuff like, you know, even like sing with like Rufus to Soul, like more like mm-hmm. sad electronic music and stuff like that. Um, that's kind of like stuff I like always think about of, you know, I like love sad electronic music. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, but like, yeah, I don't, we've, I'm sure we would, yeah. And hopefully on the records to come, we can get more features. Well, look, as we said right at the top, we're, um, we're manifesting what comes for record three, so hopefully we can manifest we some, uh, some electro music featuring Hannah as well. Yes, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know you, and throughout uh, the last few questions you've been mentioning Tim, your lovely bandmate and partner as well. I know that Tim uh, co-produced the record with Jonathan Gilmore, I believe, who mm-hmm. um, is uh, another lovely gentleman. I believe he's worked with the 1975 and Bea Badoobie. How did mm-hmm. um, how did you guys kind of link up with Jonathan and what made him the right fit for this record? 
We actually, we talked about wanting to work with him on the last record, actually, but never really kind of followed that. And then for this record, I think that we wanted to step outside of ourselves a little bit more. Like so much of what we do is in-house. You know, we've got a studio at home and we make things a lot and then um, we might get someone in right at the end to kind of like help us put it all together. And I think that, you know, in terms of just it's your third record and you're wanting to kind of grow and you see your own limitations after a while too. And I, I think that um, we all really love the 1975, which is cool too, because I think the three of us, we have very like varied, you know, likes and backgrounds. So it's like when we find a band that we all really like, it's like, <laughs> we're like, yes. <laughs> and um I think we really love the sounds that Jonathan pulls and and kind of even that, you know, coming through that British lineage, um, which is cool too because I think, you know, we've been quite influenced by a lot of the American indie scene, partially because we tour a lot more there and so we've spent, you know, a lot of our time as a band in America. Um, but, you know, a lot of my formative, you know, kind of musical tastes came out of the UK um, and same with Harry and and Tim in different ways. And so I think it felt exciting for us to work with someone, you know, who was more from that world. And it was just amazing because to co-produce I think is a big deal like we'd never met him before and you know Tim's a very particular person and in the best way and like I just think it was so beautiful to see them working together um and you know they're kind of like you know psychopaths like we I think we did like <laughs> six weeks and took two days off and both of them were just like never stop you know and I was like we had our like two-year-old there and I was like I want to go walking on the English cliffside to get inspired to like come and record and they're like get in the studio (laughs) which is like awesome so it was like it was an amazing experience um being because we were on in Eastbourne in this like beautiful seaside town in England um and yeah like it was just one of those things I feel like you can't you can't write that stuff that you just feel like the whole time just felt so grateful. And it's like, you know, and it killed us making that record for sure. But, you know, that's that's a price I feel like I'm willing to pay for that kind of experience. 100%. It is. Um, well, yeah, as I've said multiple times, it's an incredible record that you guys have come, have come out of the end with. Um, I know that I think when we last spoke, yeah, it was around the time of Today We're the Greatest and at that stage you had just, um, I think, had just had that first um, that first bubba, that first child, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I think um, that you are actually it was featured in the Bend video, but that you are pregnant again, uh, expecting a second child. Firstly, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thanks. Yes, it's very exciting. I mean, actually, I might have had the baby by the time this podcast comes out. I don't Which, know. <laughs> full, yes, full <laughs> disclaimer: we might be recording this slightly earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty wild because it's like baby and record are like two weeks apart. So, well, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> we will, yeah, we will only find out as uh, as the record and the young bubba come out. <laughs> have you found um, that? motherhood I guess has changed your songwriting in any capacity big time I think um you know in a lot of ways I had to kind of relearn how to kind of get into a creative space I think that um the energy of mothering is very 
immediate and responsive to the needs that are in front of you, which are endless. <laughs> and it's that's such a privilege and a beautiful you know way to live your life and I'm really grateful but it's also like very different to that creative artistic space where you kind of need the space to indulge and to disconnect and so it took me a while to be able to figure out how to get that um so yeah I guess from like the craft side of things I like am making this record. I started just um, going away by myself for a night or two and just started writing in little patches. And it's kind of cool because a lot of the way this record came together was, um, you know, I, they're all in different little shacks by the sea up the New South Wales coastline, mm-hmm. um, which is cool, like mainly probably for me. But um, so I think that's that was like an interesting thing that, and it's, you know, like, I think I, could, I sometimes I do write at home still, but it's just like needing a little bit more space. Um, but then, you know, the other thing that is like, and probably has had a big effect on even these songs is like, you know, I guess just being a mum and just feeling like I'm a lot more raw and, and the depth of experience is, you know, growing all the time. So I feel like, you know, I'm just more in a place where I'm, like, feeling the feels, um, which is very, I think, I'm grateful for as I'm quite a head-driven person, you know, like, mm-hmm. which is, like, as an artist, sometimes I think people, you know, I'm, like, almost surprised by that, but, like, it's almost like my songs sometimes, like, will tell me, like, what's going on inside because half mm-hmm. the time I'm, like, just keep going, don't <laughs> think about it, anything, and then I'll, like, write a song and I'm, like, oh, God, what's that? <laughs> um so, yeah, I think, like, it's been really cool to see um, just becoming a mother and how that has shaped me as an artist and vice versa because, you know, I think there was a fear and, and part of it's legitimate that, like, you know, once you become a mum, like, how do you you find that space and, and how do you... Will that just totally absorb you? And, um, I, you know, I... And it was just one of those things that I couldn't know until... I went on that journey kind of thing, but I'm really grateful that I'm like figuring out how to do both. Sometimes I feel like I do both not very well. And sometimes I feel like I do both pretty well. So it's kind of like a bit of a pendulum thing, but yeah, it's been cool. That's awesome to hear. And I'm sure that like, obviously I can not speak to anyone's own experience, but I'm sure that you are finding that balance in, in a beautiful way and that Tim would probably agree with me. And if not, we'll, talk outside of this <laughs> medium yeah. too. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad to hear that. And I think one point that you made then is something we've spoken to a few people lately who um, either male or female, I think brand new parents have spoken about having that kind of um, situation that you talked of in terms of writing something and then maybe slightly removed from it by a few days, looking at it, reading, listening to it and being like, oh, I had no idea I was feeling that or that was what do you mean that was in my head? Because that is not what I thought I was going through. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's such a funny thing. I remember, like, I made this album when I was really young. I was, like, 14 and I thought I was so cool. I went to a studio and made, like, a <laughs> 10 tracks, something, and I went with my parents. And looking back, I was, like, kind of an amazing experience. But um, I, I wrote, like, the saddest songs and I would have been like 13 or something or 14. And then, and I 
I kept showing people and people would be like, are you okay? And I'd be like, yeah, what are you talking about? Like, you know, as I, like, especially back then, like I have no idea, but it's just, and so it's just continued to be this thing all the way through to like kind of like alert myself to myself. <laughs> I absolutely love that though. I think sometimes it's nice to not, um, almost what we were talking about before, if you're focusing too heavily on it, you kind of get bogged down with it. So I think if you can have it running concurrently while you're kind of moving forward, it's, um, it's a better way to, to handle it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Hannah, at, um, I was lucky enough to see yourself and the guys at South by Southwest um, in October of this year, oh, sorry, of last year. Um, and firstly, it was just such a brilliant thing to be able to see you guys back in a live setting because I know very sorely missed, but also I know that middle kids just do it so well when they are on stage. Um I imagine that at some point we will get shows in support of this record. Maybe not for a little while, as we said, there's a there's a little bubber on the way, which is much more important. But at some stage, can we expect to see uh, yourself and the guys touring around the country? Yes, we actually, we're going to announce it soon, but it's May. We're doing an Australian tour. So I think, you know, we're so excited because kind of even what you were saying before, like with our last record being in COVID, we just didn't really get to tour it you know, the way that we wanted to tour it. And so we feel, like, really excited to be able to, like, give this a good go live. So, yeah, well, wait till the baby's three months and then hit the road. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> to hear. Is there, um, is there a track off the new record that you may be looking to debuting live more than any of the others? Um, actually, yes. I feel very excited to play Petition, which is the opening mm-hmm. track on the record. Sometimes part of me feels, like, annoyed that I didn't make that a full length. I mean, it's it's a minute and a half, and there was something that we were like, ooh, that's snappy and cool, and then we were like, and then lends itself to being a cool opening track. But I love that track so much that I'm like, I just, I'm like, oh, I haven't am I dumb? Like, should that just have been a full length song? Um, but all that to say, I am, I lie, I can just imagine having a lot of fun playing that live. So mm-hmm. that's going to be fun. I'm very much looking forward to very much looking forward to those shows in May and I'll make sure that we are promoting them on the podcast and across our socials so people can buy tickets. Um, and we would usually ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that's on uh, the high rotation for yourself? Well, um, Idols have started releasing new singles from their records, Mm -hmm. which is actually, they're like, they've been probably my favourite band of the last couple of years. And their new record comes out the same day as our record, which is pretty cool for us. (laughs) Bit of cross synergy. Absolutely love that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Well, um, I can't speak to the Idols record, but we're very excited for the next Middle Kids record. It's called Faith Crisis Part One. It is out this week uh, when it is released. Um, But Hannah, thank you so much for coming back to the podcast and chatting to us. I appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. 